Good morning. Welcome to The Briefing. It's the 17th of July. It's a Friday. Jan Fran is here. Hello, Jan. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You're going to share a dirty little secret later on that oh. somehow led us on to Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah. Who has 6.5 million YouTube subscribers. It seems like it creates a really big reaction to people, whether it's like either disgust or they're obsessed with it. Yeah, I'm geeing myself up to share it a little bit later in the show. <laughs> you'll, you'll work out whether I'm obsessed or disgusted. Yes, get ready to be disgusted. Before we do that, let's get into the big stories of the day. Starting in Perth this morning, where more than 20,000 people have gathered at a stadium to watch the AFL. Now, this is the biggest crowd gathering since the pandemic started, which I guess is good news. Up there with the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. Look, it didn't go off without a hitch. Um, one guy did run onto the field shirtless. You're a idiot. He's an idiot because he didn't go nude. I mean, what's the point running on shirtless? <laughs> if you're going to streak, streak. Part of me is really happy to be bringing everybody this story because it feels like some element of normality has been restored a little bit. <laughs> Definitely not COVID safe, though, having to get tackled by security. No. Arguably, a lot of things that happened in that stadium maybe weren't COVID safe, but nonetheless. Yeah, and before the match, the state's chief health officer actually said that pitch invaders like that guy will be put in a two-week quarantine and fined $50,000. So it'll be interesting to see if they come good on that threat. Yeah, that's a that's a big price to pay for running shirtless onto a field, isn't it? On the East Coast, Victoria has sadly set another grim record. We have 4,750 cases of coronavirus in Victoria. That is 317 new cases. I'm very sad to have to report that there have been two further Victorians pass away, bringing the total number of deaths to 29. So that was the Premier, Daniel Andrews, his Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton. It's a big number. It needs to turn around. In some ways, uh, I expect it to turn around this week. But as I've always said, uh, it's no guarantee. It's upon all of us to be able to turn this number around. Yeah, in New South Wales, uh, the Chief Health Officer, Kerry Chance, says that this is really a critical time for the state. 15 new cases were recorded yesterday. And this includes a man who may have been contagious while on a flight from Melbourne to Ballina last Sunday. The person was wearing a surgical um, mask and was self-isolating, but we are doing um, contact tracing in relation to that Jetstar flight. Yeah, fingers crossed for that one. It's usually a packed flight to Ballina, everyone getting away to Byron. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's, you know, part of the real issue is that you just, you don't know who you come into contact with. And if you're contagious on a plane and those people spread out across the country, maybe leave Ballina, that's how this sort of stuff spreads, doesn't it? The unemployment rate has hit a 22-year high of 7.4% with nearly a million Australians out of work. There is some good news in the jobs figures though. 210,000 new jobs have been created. Most of them, though, are part-time. As difficult as these times are, let's not look down. Let's look up. Let's lift our heads. Today's employment figures shows there is hope. Today's employment figures shows that we have done it before and we can do it again. That was the PM, Scott Morrison. I think trying to sound as positive as possible there. In Did light... that work for you, Jan? Oh, look, I don't know. The figures sort of speak for themselves, unfortunately. And most of the people who were re-employed were women and young people. So they were two groups that were badly affected by the outbreak in the first place. So I guess there's, you know, some silver linings. Yeah, but you've got to remember with the unemployment figure of 7.4%, it doesn't include people that aren't looking for work anymore. So 
people that leave the job market essentially aren't part of that figure. Mm. The real figure is around 13.3%. It includes people who aren't looking for work anymore, as well as people on job seeker who aren't doing any hours. I think the other thing to take into account here is the underemployment rate, yep. which usually goes underreported, so to speak, which is people who just are not working enough hours to really sustain themselves. That has not been factored into this figure either. And Barack Obama, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Kanye West. Sounds like a very fancy dinner party. I don't know if I'd <laughs> want to in. be at. Are you in? Yeah. <laughs> Even Apple. They're some of Twitter's biggest accounts and they have been hit by a massive cyber hack. Yeah, the hackers sent out tweets from these accounts urging their followers to send Bitcoin to a specific address and promise to pay them double the amount in return. Mm, bit sus. Yeah, here's, here's what it said on Joe Biden's account. I'm giving back to the community. All Bitcoin sent to the address below will be sent back doubled. If you send $1,000, I will send back $2,000. Uh, only doing this for 30 minutes. Some dodgy looking link and then mm. enjoy. That doesn't sound like Joe Biden. Not the Joe Biden we know, you know. <laughs> this is what sort of um, spun me out a little bit about this is that it it very obviously seemed to be a hack with all of these accounts tweeting the exact same thing about yeah, it Bitcoin. W- it was just yeah, it clearly something those, was wrong. Like my favourite kind of hacks are the soft ones where you can't quite tell. It's like, hey, I'm feeling really happy finally or something like that. Right. The worry is that somebody hacks the system and tweets out something that might be in some way malicious and doesn't seem like a hack and people give them all this money or whatever, you know. Well, for Elon Musk, things, you know, he says can dramatically affect the Tesla share price. Mm. Um, Yeah, exactly. So those sorts of things can happen. Obviously, some of those other guys run massive companies too. Yeah. But you'd sort of think if you were smart enough to be able to hack into Twitter that you'd be smart enough to come up with a decent hack. You would think. Um, Twitter has since described it as a coordinated social engineering attack on certain employees with access to internal systems. So translation basically means the hackers manipulated staff into letting them in. Wow. Which is, I think, Twitter's having some very serious meetings in the next few days, (laughs) no doubt. Twenty twenty has taken us to some very weird places, places we never expected to go. This pandemic is something no one saw coming, and the way we responded to it is something we couldn't have really predicted. Especially for you, Jan Fran, you have something to confess to us, don't you? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I do have something to confess, and I've been wondering whether I should confess this on a podcast or just confess this to my shrink in private. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Time will tell whether I regret doing it now. But I have been watching a lot of really weird stuff on the internet, mm-hmm. mainly pimple-popping videos. Pimple-popping videos? I don't know if you're so that's something you're into. I'm very into watching people popping their pimples on YouTube or pimples being popped on YouTube. And I was, I've been watching it for years, but during this lockdown, I've watched it every night before I go to sleep. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, sometimes just during the day, I'll just have a sneaky pimple pop watch. And I don't know what's going on. Like, is it me? Is it the lockdown? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Wow. That is so bizarre. I would never... Are you judging me? I can I can feel you judging me right now. I don't know if it's judgment. There's a little bit of element of surprise. Um, <laughs> why, why do you think you do it? I don't know. I just feel very relaxed by it. 
and I guess I have a little bit more time, even though I don't really. So that's that's actually what I want to find out. Like, why am I so into this, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let's do that. We've actually tracked down the biggest pimple popper in the world, Dr. Pimple Popper. She has 6.5 million subscribers on YouTube. Who would have thought? 3.9 million on Instagram. Here's some of her best stuff. I know that if you just squeeze that, it'll just come right back. So we're gonna cut, we're gonna remove that whole thing. Large black heads, kinda have to squeeze them a little bit. Look at that one. You were storing something in here. <laughs> you could smuggle diamonds or something across the border. Oh, it's so weird, Jan, to watch. See, you hate it. I love it. Yeah. It's a very polarising thing, isn't it? I think you either really love watching it or really hate watching it. But looking at her YouTube videos, lots of people love it. One video I can see has 60 million views. Yeah, her name is actually Dr Sandra Lee. She is a dermatologist. She's been practising for years. And almost all of the videos that she uploads are in this sort of very clinical setting. But she is the best-known pimple popper, I'm going to call it, in the world probably. So Dr Pimple Popper... AKA Dr. Sandra Lee, thank you so much for being with us this morning. So when you posted your first, um, I guess, pimple popping video and you got a bit of a reaction, was there a moment for you where you thought, oh, people love this? Oh, yes. And it was like mixed with what? People like this? (laughs) And it was kind of like a challenge to see how many people like this and what could I do to make people like it more even? It was really cool and interesting. It was kind of like an experiment and fun and my hobby, but now it's certainly overtaken my life. Why, why do you think people love watching this stuff? I mean, obviously you've got millions of followers. Your videos get right. millions of hits. People are watching it. So why? Number one, I do know that people watch a lot of these videos and I think it's really surprising to people who are not what we call popaholics, but they actually watch it to relax them. It makes them feel less anxiety, uh, less stress. It actually puts them to sleep. They watch it before they go to bed. And it it seems like it creates a really big reaction to people, whether it's like either disgust or they're obsessed with it. In terms of what people love about it, like I said, decreases their anxiety. But also um, I think it's sometimes it's like riding a roller coaster or watching a scary movie. There's Mm. there's Mm. like a a feeling you get almost like a euphoria, maybe or like, you know, like it's just stressful. So your heart gets pumping. And then there's always like an ending, like a happy ending, really, like everything (laughs) goes back to normal into its place. And I think that makes us feel good. You know, we don't, I don't love movies that have this random ending that you're like, well, what's happening? What's going on? It just makes me upset kind of. And I think a lot of us like the feeling of a, like of a story that has conflict and then the conflict is is over. Yeah, I'd never thought of popping a pimple as having like a classic uh, narrative structure where you kind of have, yeah. you know, the hero, which is the person popping the pimple. You've got like, the journey, you've got the struggle as you push into yeah. that pimple and then boom, you have a really clear point of climax in these little stories. What what do it's you think? It's weird, isn't it? It is. <laughs> what 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 do you really think is going on at a primal level here? Why is it calming their anxiety? How on earth are they watching it before they go to sleep at night? What's going on at a, at a deeper level there, do you think? I, I think that there's just a, a resolution there. People like, there's a, there's a lot of people that have different ideas about this, that, you know, it's our kind of our 
primal instinct to uh, protect ourselves. And when we see these sorts of things happen, these conflicts, and then you see them resolved, it, it, it makes us feel better. I think there's a lot of us that are papaholics ourselves. You know, they're people that chase their family members around if they have a big <laughs> blackhead on them and they can't not squeeze it. And it sort of helps to satisfy this urge. I understand the feeling and I have great friends who tell me about why why it makes them feel so good. But I myself am not that kind of person. I don't watch pimple popping to relax myself. But I do see sometimes when I edit videos, when there's a really good pop, like I get it. Like I'm like, oh, this is something that people <laughs> are really going to love. <laughs> there is a popaholic in every bunch. You never know who one is. Um, there's nothing that tells us, you know, there's no religion or ethnicity, you know, part of the world that you come from that makes you more of a popaholic. And I feel like if more world leaders were popaholics, that we would have more world peace and happiness. <laughs> I've found that I've been watching pimple popping videos a lot more during this pandemic, particularly during the lockdown where we weren't really allowed to come and go as we pleased. Have you noticed an uptick in viewer numbers? Have you noticed that the pandemic has done anything different to how people are consuming your content? Yeah, I, I definitely do. You know, we're all itchy for something new. I definitely intentionally tried to put more content and good content out there during the pandemic, but we certainly got an increase in people obviously watching social media. This is natural and certainly obviously we haven't we're dealing with a lot of anxiety and and questions and so it's natural for a lot of people who use these videos to kind of make them feel, you know, more relaxed. They're going to watch more of it. Initially, people really liked the sound of my voice. You know, they never really saw me, but they really were soothed by that. And it's just, just, it's just changed a little bit. Um, but yes, it's a very ASMR. Wow. So that was Dr. Sandra Lee, a.k.a. Dr. Pimple Popper. Are you going to go down the rabbit hole, Tom? Oh, I really don't <laughs> think on. so. I think I've gone far enough down it just to do this episode of The Briefing. You've seen enough, have you? You've, that's I think it so. for you. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting to hear her mention it as part of this this broader thing of ASMR. Yeah, well, ASMR is sort of, I guess, slightly adjacent to the pimple popping, but in the same realm, it stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, which sort of means nothing. But what it looks like are these sort of videos online where people do very basic things like scratching, tapping, eating. Here's someone opening and pouring a drink. Oh, see, that, that, that gives me tingles just by listening to it. Here's someone chewing food. Mm. Yes. So it's very, very high quality, intimate recordings. Yeah. And whispering is quite a classic in this genre. Super close up whispering yeah, wow. So these uh, videos have got millions of views as well. This has been a massive phenomenon online. Yeah, over the last 10 years. And I think only now it's sort of starting to be studied a little bit more. So Dr. Craig Richard is an international ASMR expert. He created something called ASMRuniversity.com. Um, he's trained in physiology and cell biology. He joins us now to talk through the science of what this is. Dr. Richard, thanks for being with us. We've just spoken to Dr. Pimple Popper, 
Are you surprised by how popular this content is? Uh, yes and no. I, I think there's definitely a mix of people that enjoy it and people that don't. I happen to fall into the do enjoy it. So I do <laughs> understand that. And I do see that. And I, I also kind of feel that euphoria and joy when I, when I see those videos. She mentioned that what she does is sort of similar to ASMR or has sort of shades of ASMR. Can you explain mm-hmm. to us exactly what ASMR is? ASMR is a deeply relaxing feeling that you get when you're receiving positive personal attention from someone. So whether that's a clinician like Dr. Pimple Popper, or it might be a teacher, or it's a best friend, and you just feel deeply calmed and relaxed during that moment. And you may also feel brain tingles. So it's it's related to the sensory experience, hence the name. Mm-hmm. What's actually going on there? Yeah, it's not clear. We did do fMRI study looking at brain regions, and we saw specific brain regions that are activated, and these brain regions are known to react to certain neurotransmitters like oxytocin. And oxytocin is known to be the the love hormone or the trust hormone. So it's likely what's happening during ASMR is that you're feeling this deep sense of trust with the person who's providing you that personal attention. And that oxytocin is driving that feeling of relaxation. So is it the particular sounds that you're hearing, you know, like someone speaking or ruffling a packet of chips or is it actually just more about the the intimacy and the sense of personal attention yeah it's 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 both those things and so you you really asked it correctly it's overall the most important thing is context whether and it's not always intimacy the way we may think of intimacy but it's just trust between two individuals that's the context and within that context as long as the sounds and the actions and the movements are all done gently meaning in a non-threatening way, then we feel very relaxed when we're receiving that attention from that person. So do you think that applies to the popping pimple scenario as well? I mean, this is in a a medical environment in the case of Dr. Pimple Popper where people Mm -hmm. are sitting in the chair, the lights are on. It's not like a comfortable, homely environment. It's quite clinical in a way, (laughs) but certainly there is a a level of trust and intimacy from between her and her, her patients. Exactly. And that is what can drive the ASMR experience for some individuals, is receiving that positive personal attention from someone they trust, like an expert, like a doctor, a physician. And so it is a common, it is commonly reported by many people who experience ASMR that when they're in a clinical setting, even though it may be for you know bad reasons, getting that personal attention does put them in this calm, relaxed state for many individuals. But how does that play out online? So if I'm watching someone, say, cut a piece of soap, which I may or may not have done many, many times, (laughs) am I, what am I connecting with? Am I connecting with that person because I trust that person or am I connecting with the visual, which sort of gives me weird tingles? Like what is it that I'm, trying to connect with in that space online? You're connecting with the fact that what it appears to your brain is your brain didn't evolve with videos. So it doesn't really process this as a video unconsciously. What it sees is someone is taking the time to show you how to do something with their hands. And from a Mm. sense of evolution, that's really important. 
because that is how you would learn how to make fire. That's how, how you would learn to prepare a meal. That's how you would learn to fix things with your hands. When someone takes that time out and shows you something very carefully with your brain, and this makes your brain focus and you feel calm because they're not threatening you, they're teaching you something. And so it does make sense that we find that relaxing and interesting, even though when we talk about it, cutting soap, <laughs> how is that going to help survival <laughs> or anything important in life? Our, our brain doesn't care. It's the hands. That's the common denominator in these close-up ASMR videos of people doing things with their hands. That was Dr. Craig Richard, an expert in ASMR. Jan, have you learned a bit about yourself and why you're responding to this content in this way? I've been vindicated, Tom. I've decided. (laughs) (laughs) You glad you came clean? I'm glad I came clean about it. You know, the bit that he said about actually connecting with the person rather than the thing that you're looking at or the sound that you're listening to, I had honestly never thought about that. And now that I'm kind of reflecting on it a bit more, I'm like, yeah, maybe it is more about that intimate personal connection, which I'm going to look at videos differently now when I watch them, but I'm still going to watch them. All right. Well, I'm glad you came clean as well, Jen. It's been so fascinating to hear what the hell is going on with us and the way we react to those kind of videos and those connections and those sounds. Yeah, totally. Well, that was a lot of fun, Jan. Sure was. What a way to end the week. (laughs) Dr. Pimple Popper and a bit of ASMR. Hope you had a great week listening to The Briefing. I'm going to go home and just watch Pimple Popping videos all weekend. See ya. Bye. (laughs) A Podcast One production.